Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Glenn Mason said a long time ago at the University of Minnesota, you need a pair and a spare. Thank you, PJ. It is that time. Another edition of the Pair and a Spare podcast presented by Jack's Cafe. 90 years in Minneapolis. Unbelievable spot. Jack'sCafe.com. J-A-X-Cafe.com. We'll talk about them in a minute. But first, we've got Ryan Burns from GopherIllustrated.com. We've got Chip Scoggins from the Star Tribune. I'm Justin Gard from KFAN and the Gopher Radio Network. Let's get first things first. How was everyone's Halloween? Everybody good? We didn't get many kids this year. Was your light on? Yeah. I could see you forgetting to turn no, your light on. No, we had on. a light on. Um, are, did the cold, is that what it was? We, we scared. Maybe. It was in the 20s. It was chilly. Our yeah. theory was normally, because we have several neighborhoods connected, mm-hmm. that kids hit all the neighborhoods. And our streets become older. We don't have as many young kids anymore. Right. So I think people just probably stayed on their street. Yeah. Well, what do you give out? Because houses get known, especially amongst the yeah, kids. Yeah, is... my wife got the candy. She had... Uh, you weren't Sour out, like, and, and sweet with chocolate, so she had, you know, the Butterfingers, Reese's, yeah. but then she also had the Nerds and the... Yep. I could have seen him giving them, like, Werther's. Yeah. yeah. Or, like, Worth? Chip could be the, the house. There's always There was always a house that would give out, like, apples and, like, toothbrushes. No. <laughs> yeah. I love Werther's. <laughs> of course. I mean, he's got the little dish in his den. <laughs> of course he does. He's got the little dish in his den. I mean, he is that commercial, and he's uh. sharing with your grandparents. He's thinking about You're that. You're the progressive commercial. Yeah. Tell me you don't love Werther's. I mean, they're fine. Love is a strong word. <laughs> Love. I haven't had one. I think the last time Ever? I had Werther's was 1993 with my grandpa. <laughs> so, I I mean, I have fond memories of having a Werther's. I don't know if I'm... I can eat a bag of them. How many I'm, rooms do you have a, just a little dish of hard candy and chip? <laughs> I don't know if I'm seeking out Werther's. If I'm like, hey, put this on the list, honey. Um, so, do you get like a peppermint hard candy dish in each I one of the rooms? I peppermints, yeah. Peppermints are okay. <laughs> Peppermints are okay. See, we we're in the, the kind of the phase of life where we try to avoid all the hard candy because of the choking hazard. You know yeah, what I mean? That's like, true. Yeah. seems like a smart decision. Like yeah. my guy at Pilgrim Cleaners, Alan, he's got a great, great candy dish right there in the front when I drop off shirts for dry cleaning and stuff. And every time the kids want to have something, I'm like, I don't think so. Yeah. It, 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 like we got it scares you. Yeah. And I tell Alan, I go, Come on, man, can we get some <laughs> Butterfingers or can we get some chewables in here? Yeah. But. That's all right. Um, I'm sure your Halloween was great. Not as good as your parents, but I'm sure it was fine. <laughs> ah, there it is. Bye. One last time. I brought it up again. <laughs> Until next year. Yeah, he's all mad <laughs> at the PJ press conference. Yeah. You brought it up. You brought up. Did you get comments? Oh, yeah. My, my parents heard about it. <laughs> well, I would hope so. My mom yeah. doesn't even understand what a podcast is. No. And so she's like, how many people heard it? And I'm like, just a couple. <laughs> a no, no one a listens few. to this. Yeah, a few. And then my dad was like, yeah. I got a couple phone calls. Yeah, and I was like, all right. Like I said, your Thanks, dad, dad. I think we said this last year. Your dad loves it. Your mom's mortified. She that, just, that's, <laughs> but you brought it up. Yeah. I had nothing to do with it. Like you I, led him to the, you I, led him down the path. You I said, what did you it. expect us to do yeah. with that information, yeah. that reminder? Just, just let it go. It? Yeah. Go. Okay, let's talk about the Gophers. Like, no, we had to spend a little bit of time on that. So, what do you do on Halloween? Because you're out and about. So, does one of you stay home? No. We either leave a dish or we just say, you're on your own, kids. Sorry. Because last year, my wife- Like th- you say it's about your kids? No, 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 no. Oh, oh. We don't put anything out. Oh, okay. This year, we didn't put anything out because my wife was so mad because a year ago, like one kid yeah, rolled all, through yeah. and took all of it. And she's like, I'm second, not doing it. Second straight year, I had a kid do that. Yeah. I, got, I got the video doorbell like we all do. That's it. Watched him take 25 candy bars and leave. Who are your parents? Yeah. That's what that's, I want to know. Bad. I just- I don't parenting. blame the kid for yeah. this. And there's been a lot of videos because it is funny now. Everybody's got the ring cameras. They've yep. got there. There was one series of like three moms that basically were leading the charge with their kids, going, "Come on, guys, grab it all." It's like you're horrible people. Yeah, what? What is that? Now there's been a couple videos, and congratulations to these parents, where you see kids go up to an empty dish, disappointed for a minute, and then put some candy that they don't Good like in the bowl. Good for them. Those are the kids. That's who you aspire to be as your yep. ch- restores as your, your faith children. a little bit. It does. There's yep. good people out there. As Mr. Rogers once said, "Look for the helpers. Mm-hmm. Look for the helpers." Um, so this year, though, my wife is like, "Not doing it." <laughs> Whoever took them ruined it for the neighborhood. Yeah. And we have a lot of candy too. You know, from 
different from Easter and Halloween and all this stuff. It's like we could have we could have put out some candy. Yeah. Um, but usually, I, our kids are little. Like there's gonna be plenty of time for us to get the door. So they get home and they they uh, organize. They and do trade and do all that. Yeah, I remember my kids doing it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great. And they've all you know, and then they figure out like what candies they like yeah. and which one dad likes. I'll they, trade you this for that. Yeah. Their gym teacher has them brainwashed that they all had to bring him Kit Kats. So <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, that is yeah. the number one candy. Yeah. That is my hot take. It's yeah. a great one. Oh, and so I texted him because I, I know him and I said, hey, man, <laughs> you're kind of depleting my Kit Kat <laughs> stock here. Because I've never seen kids more diligent about getting something done than to make sure they had Kit Kats for Mr. I. The gym teacher. He must be a good teacher, then. He's a great teacher. Yeah. Great guy. Great teacher. So, anyway, happy Halloween, especially to Bernsey's parents. Um, 31, 32 years. No, 31 years later. Yeah, 32 years later, because it was the Halloween blizzard, near 31. You nailed it. So, 32 years. What a magical night that must have been, and I hope they had great, great memories this last Halloween. <laughs> I hope, for the kids in their neighborhood's sake, they at least <laughs> turn the light on for a few minutes. For a few minutes. I hope one day we can tell a story that can mortify Chip's children. <laughs> so. That he'll share with us, probably off the Trust record. Me, they're mortified enough. I mean, we we have I mean, uh, the charger, the beer games, the credit card. I mean, all this stuff should mortify them. They're death too taxes, old to be mortified by me at this point. Also, death taxes, and you and I sitting there in between Mariucci and the stadium, and somebody walking up to us, Chip, and <laughs> yeah. saying, "100 percent, right? Chip, you, you are today. just you, you are to. just You're a, a legend, star. right? You're a legend. Where have you been though? I mean, I remember I We're said go for football is going to be an inclusive place. We miss you, buddy. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, know. We miss you at the last couple of games. I can't we miss you at the press conferences. Was I been uh, what, two games now? You mean, I yeah. mean, were, well, you, one. Okay, the first one I was at. Um, you weren't at Michigan State. Yeah, I mean, you've missed the last two. Yeah, because I was, two at, home I was games. doing. I don't uh, think you've been Vikings in... Packers. Yep, and we were traveling on that one, and then you um, could have gotten to Green Bay after the game. Yeah, my, uh, my uh, colleague Lavelle. <laughs> Wanted uh, Lavelle. Wanted, wanted the Illini. Yeah. Yep. So. All right. And that's the kind of teammate you are. Yeah. All right. Well, we miss you. Yeah. We're glad, you guys, to, we're yeah. glad to see you. We miss hearing the sounds of broken keys on your keyboard. <laughs> you know, the pitter-patter is I go to try to get one last Coca-Cola before they lock up the counter. You know, I, I know it's bad because Royce was made a comment about the other day, and he types as hard as I do. You're typing? Yeah. Yeah. Well. But it's like, wow, I better Tone it down a Tone little bit. My Illinois counterparts were trying to grab a, a beverage after the game, and they went up to it, and they were like, "Why is this locked?" Yeah, and I was like, "I know, I know, yeah, I know." I, I mean, University of Minnesota, I, because we were we're counting cokes. Yep. Yeah, we're, we're counting because that's important stuff. It's mm-hmm. going to help us. It's going to help us make budget this year. We're counting cokes, and um, you know, where were we? I don't know. I don't want to complain. Yeah. I, I don't want to complain. You it's, go down a rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, it's not we, worth it. We it's know the people that listen to yeah. us, and then the things we're going to have to sit through. We have a we have a we have a nice working environment at Huntington Bank Stadium. That's what I'll say. A lovely working environment. It's very easy to get around. It's very easy I will to say go. I do like that it's spread out. Yeah, it's great. You got plenty room. of room. Yeah. It's a it's a lovely stadium. Mm-hmm. And let's just leave it at that. Yep. Uh, the Gophers fall 27-26 to Illinois. Brett Bielema gets one for the other thumb. He is now ten and zero. Against the University of Minnesota, seven and zero at Wisconsin, three and zero. He's he's beaten PJ Fleck and the Gophers all three years that he's been in Champaign. It looked like the Gophers were going to lose. Then it looked like a cinch they were going to win, and then they ended up losing on a forty-six yard pass from a backup quarterback who hadn't played since September to the best player maybe on the field, Isaiah Williams, who somehow broke wide open after a timeout and went between arguably the two best players the Gophers have on defense, Cody Lindenberg and Tyler Newbin. And just like that, what was setting up to be an outstanding day for you in the Big Ten West standings, given that Nebraska lost, given that Wisconsin lost, and Iowa win, uh, won, but you, you, know, you have a head-to-head with them and they have some losable games on their schedule. I was talking with someone before the game, guys, and they said, man, if we just, and this is a person affiliated with the U, if we just do what we're supposed to do here, we are going to be in a pretty good spot. And unfortunately, they couldn't close the deal. Chip, we'll start with you. Your general thoughts on the loss to the Illini. Yeah, I was thinking um, that that Lindenberg punch out was going to be one of those defining plays in a season. Because I thought that was going to be the thing that won the game. And that was on a third down that they convert. And then they, and they could drain it. And I'm thinking this game's almost that's over it. there. If he doesn't make that play, I think the game's over. It's worth remembering that. And I, I was sitting there thinking, like, that's going to – because in a season, they're defining plays. That was going to be a defining play. Yep. And you forget about it now. And unfortunately, um, the defining play is Isaiah Williams now. Yeah, you can't lose that game. I mean, it's just inexcusable. 
Um, there's so much to get to about that game. Um, your safeties cannot get beat deep there. It just it can't happen. I mean, it, and I know they're saying some miscommunication, um, but I go back to um, third and nine, end of the first half. You run it up the middle and kick a field goal. At some point, you have to play to win. You can't be so conservative and risk-averse. I mean, your quarterback is in a rhythm. He's throwing the ball well. I thought he had a, a really nice first half. Your tight end made a touchdown. Um, Daniel Jackson has become a go-to guy, and you run it on third and nine and settle for a field goal. You can't – how many times does this coach have to be – we have to go through this? I think it's important to note because – you say this coach, and we all the three of us know who we're talking about. It's not Greg Harbo. No, it's Fleck. It's P.J. Fleck. Because there's so many certain instances that you'll see three to five plays on offense within a given game where you're like, yeah, that's got Fleck's fingerprints all over it. And he actually got bailed out there to an extent on the third nine because Bielema didn't use a timeout, which yeah, I'm he, surprised he didn't. Yeah. Which he would have gotten the ball back with over two minutes left. But I just... I mean, the difference between seven and three in a one-point loss... <laughs> It's like at some point, I, I don't understand it. Well, here, here's what. Where, what is the rationale there? The ration, Explain it to me. The rationale he has is, and this is where it's faulty this particular season. Now, I know we've had other seasons like this as well. But he thinks his defense is just going to hold everybody. And we've got enough. Now, he's coming off two weeks where they did. Let me give him a stat. The Gophers are 115th nationally in third down defense. 45%. There you go. A year ago, they were sixth nationally, 27%. It's not the same defense. He can't coach that way. Exactly. Or and even within that specific game, you'd already given up two touchdowns. Now, again, one of them is a gift off special yeah. teams, and the other one they actually go down and get. But your defense hadn't been playing well, really, at any point in that first half, yet you're trying to lean on them again. It's, but even if it – regardless of the defense – Put, keep your foot on the gas, especially when your quarterback is in a rhythm. It's and, the and, second straight week he's played so well in the first half, and this is the most mind-boggling part about it, and I asked Fleck about it yesterday, is your quarterback has played really well in the first half, and then in the second half combined in the last two games, Chip, do you know how many passes Ethan has completed? The second half of the last two games? Mm-hmm. Well, it was only two. Last week it was, what, four or three? Minnesota has completed three second-half passes against Michigan State Holy in God. Illinois after Ethan in the first half was like 80% in both, multiple touchdowns in both. And, yeah. you know, one of those is Crooms yeah. drops a touchdown. And then what ha- – well, yes, but then what happens? Fleck gets his fingerprints all over this offense, tries to go risk-averse, thinking he's got Mo Ibrahim and he's got Jordan Newbin and a banged-up Zach Evans, and then this thing just doesn't work. Here's why that – that's really the the one scenario that really bothers me, and I know there's others to talk about, but the, why that one play bothers me is because you're at the 22-yard line, and you can afford – we talked about it on Sunday, Bernsey. You can afford a sack there. You know, your your guy can – let's say it's a 10-yard sack, which is a deep sack. Correct. <laughs> you're still at the 32. you got a kicker that can make a 50-yarder if you need Correct. to. Like, I know, you know we had fun last year with – you know, he didn't want to throw an interception, whatever game it was before the half. Then the next week he goes for it. There's a tipped ball. It gets picked right at yeah. Northwestern. And then he comes up to you all hot and heavy saying, this is what I was saying. No, I said that. I go, I can't believe how reckless you were before the half. What are you doing throwing? And he said, that had nothing. I just want everyone to know it had nothing to do with last week. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, sure, of course yeah, not. Yeah. But so I get like, he doesn't want to turn it over there. But also your quarterback's playing well. You've, you can take a sack. So if you're afraid for a turnover I get it, but I don't get it I, because you, you can play that game every play, either way. You you can't you so, can't coach that way. If you're so worried about turnovers, yeah. then you got the wrong personnel. Well, sorry, it's just it's not even that as much as you because he keeps saying we have not we have yet to play a full game. Complimentary football. complimentary football, and what I'm going to talk to him about at the radio show today is it's November. We kind of have to stop waiting for it, right? Yeah. Like, we yeah. kind of have to coach. Like you might not have a complimentary game, yeah. In the next three weeks, you might have to manufacture some other stuff. You might have to take so that one, like the Newbin third and one around midfield. I mean, I know it got blown up. Whatever. I mean, he went for it on the third and four, and his QB airmailed it over a six seven. Like they make that play, the game's over. Well, that's... So there's times where they do. I think the 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 strip sack. He goes now. You can argue he should have thrown more than just on first down, mm-hmm. but they dial up a play right there. 
Ethan puts a pretty good ball on, probably should be a touchdown. Like, like when he does what we think should he should do, doesn't work. And yeah, and, well, that's and and by the way, also what you've said, and I know I'm rambling, guys, so feel no, free no. to take it from here. Twenty six points is enough to beat Illinois. Yeah, no matter how conservative you are. 34 or whatever it is against Northwestern. Yeah, the two games certainly that, should be enough. The two games that you lost were defensive implosions where you've scored 26 points in a Big Ten West game. Big Ten West game, which, oh, by the way, Minnesota's number one in the Big Ten West in points scored. Think about in, it. In conference play. Think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was and then at, you lost a game you scored 34. Yeah, I know. I was looking at it yesterday, um, just their pass efficiency, because I was curious to see if, if, you know, where they are. 113 nationally. I'm like, man, that's bad. And it's like, there's five worse teams in the Big Ten than that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not kidding. It's it's unbelievable how poor the offensive play is in this conference. And for them to lead the Big Ten West in scoring in, in conference, conference, game, play, in conference yeah. games is uh, but even, an even indictment. To, to your point with like Ethan on those, I mean, he played he played well. He's playing better since the bye. Yeah, I think we all can agree with I that. I agree with that. But it's consistency. Yeah. It's that it's that second down where he pulls it. And Fleck mentions it yesterday. If yeah. he just puts his left foot in the ground and goes north south, yeah, we yeah, talked about went, it at the time. Yeah. He probably gets a first down, and right. then it's worst case if you don't get another one, Illinois gets the ball back with like forty seconds left, and it's going to be way deep. Yeah. Or again, you allow Harbaugh. Harbo. We're, we're going to do this. <laughs> you guys got to pull it together. It's not that hard. <laughs> like Harbo goes to an unbalanced formation where they shift Ariante Ursary from left tackle all the way to the right side. That means Nick Caller up to tight end is your de facto left tackle. And they go with the Auburn pop pass. It's wide open. And yeah. then Ethan just goes Johan Duran for yeah. whatever yeah, that's, reason. That's where I struggle with him because. Um, Make a play. Like you see the touchdown pass to Daniel Jackson. Beautiful. Yeah. Which, by the way, comes Beautiful. off a turnover and second play. I'm assuming shot. there's they take a shot yeah. and they hit it, and so it's like so. I, I'm torn with the. I know he was conservative in some stretches, but there was also times where they they did what they're supposed to do. Like that's exactly what you should that's do. That's what you do. And even for him, I was saying to somebody on the sidelines, that's I, I don't remember what the down and distance was. It was second down. I don't know what it was yeah. the distance, but that to me was almost like aggressive, conservative PJ where I'm taking a shot here, and if I don't get it, I'm, I'm going to run the ball run, and kick yeah, it. Like exactly. I, I knew what he was going to do, but at least they did it there, and you throw it to your best player, and your QB puts the ball on him, and that should be the ball game and that, that's, after you get the gift turnover. But then you on third and four when, you know, you're just Caleb's wide open, a pot pass, and you throw it 125 uh, miles an hour to him. Just, it's like, what in the world? Yeah. Or even the first turnover, Josh Joyner gets a strip sack. First play, Minnesota takes a shot at the end zone to a veteran receiver. He's got to make that play. Yes. Drops a touchdown And then it's pass. 24-14. Yeah. You lose four points. And it's just – the analogy Fleck used yesterday was roulette. He The way he views it is there's – I think he said – what did he say? 10 to 12 plays 12, yeah. in these games. Where and they've he's, all gone against him. He goes – it's either going to go red or black at the table. And you walk up to the table, and it keeps hitting red, red, red. And you're thinking to yourself, I can't keep going this way. And that's the way he thinks about it, which I don't agree with in that Northwestern, now Illinois debacle. Is And he, he said, he, I heard the one quote where he said, you keep going back to, is it coaching scheme or personnel? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's all of them. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's all of them. I mean, because it's, it's, I mean, you know, it, if Crooms catches that ball, you know, or or Calic Mass completes that pass, or if PJ doesn't run up the middle on third and third nine, nine. It's, it's, yeah. it's all those things. Yeah, and but that and that is with all these teams, they're they're, they're not all, good enough. They're all hovering around five hundred. Like it's going to be whoever whoever gets more of those random. I guess not even random. Whoever has more of those plays during a game go their way this year is because every team right now is five and four, four and five. Two and three, three and two, except mm-hmm. Iowa. You asked us last week, will five and four win the division? It still might. It's, it still, might. it's still a possibility. I thought no way, but I think there might. We'll get to Iowa. It's still a possibility, yeah. but this, that was a very, very damaging loss. And that's the one, um, and we can get into fan reaction, but I immediately <clears throat> got three texts from people I'd say are flat guys. Fans, you know, diehards are flat people. That's the kind of loss that loses – Faith in your fan base. It could. 
Not saying they're not going to go to any more games. Nobody's calling for him to be fired. Yeah, that that I got. It's just you know? the, he loses the same but way. He only believes there's, there's one way to win a football game. There's just too many of those losses. And this is and this 2023 team isn't Mo Ibrahim. It isn't Tanner Morgan. It isn't your defense from last year. And yet he continues to try and win football games. And I hear him to an extent about the whole roulette thing. Yeah, especially on offense where you have guys that just need to make plays, but you just you have to learn that especially as the Big Ten continues to adapt and you get Washington, Oregon, USC, UCLA in, these aren't going to be the types of games you're going to be playing in anymore. The the let's talk about the defense because I think we'd all agree the defensive line has been like nine tackles for loss. Yeah, they like seem their best fantastic. defensive line and yeah. In, a couple, you know. Yes. Rossi called them the most disruptive defensive line agree. they've had. I would agree. I mean, era. in terms of just playmakers and guys making splash plays, yes. Yep. You have a, you know, a really good safety who, you know, he took a bad angle on the one touchdown, but but Newman's, right. you know, a good player. Well, he's, a, he's the one who got beat. Fleck yep. confirmed it yesterday on yeah, the Isaiah Williams play, which I, I have more. Northwestern, North too. I, yeah. I have Mid-over more. Time. That's the thing. I mean, he's made splash plays, but he also, I mean, on the fir- on the screen pass that went fifty four yards, he took a really poor angle on that. Yes, you know, a yeah. really poor angle. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So there's been some plays the other way against him yeah. too. The plus minus. I mean, I'm I'm assuming it's still very much plus. But there's been minuses. But the minuses it. have come in gigantic spots. It's tough. Gigantic spots. Um. I just my but they, ru- I feel like they have enough talent. They shouldn't be this inconsistent. In oh, they they were just ter- They're terrible in zone pass coverage. And that's what they elected to play in this game because I'm assuming Rossi was terrified of Altmeyer's legs. Altmeyer had been their leading rusher, their starting quarterback. Yeah. Led the led the conference in scramble yards, and so they didn't play really a lick of man. But they were just so bad. And that's kind of the common theme too when you go back and watch the Northwestern game. Minnesota played a lot of zone more or less outside of the Wally miss on the post and go or yeah. stop yeah. and go for eighty yards. When they got up twenty to zero. Move. Yeah. They're just not on the same page enough where all three touchdowns or the three passing touchdowns were all out of trips. They were all in zone coverage or even the last touchdown. As much as it on Newman, why are you sitting in cover two to me where you have two safeties leaving the middle of the field open? Their best receiver is a slot receiver. Yeah, He was second in the conference behind that Marvin Harrison Jr. fella <laughs> in receptions, receiving yards. He'd already had 10 catches in the game. Yet you dial up that call where you're asking a linebacker to carry the best player on the field for them 25 yards down the field? How are you not sitting back in quarters or something? Yeah. I just, to me, that one was a, I was shaking my head and I'm still shaking my head about Rossi calling that specific play. Out of a timeout, by out the of way. T- yeah. Out of a timeout, which you called, which I agreed with because you were shuffling guys in and out and get yourself they organized. organized. Yeah, for sure. And by the way, you mentioned uh, Altmeyer. He wasn't in at that point because we haven't <laughs> even mentioned that you know on the third and 11 that was a strip sack that could have been recovered and ended the game. Yep. He got banged up. They had to call a timeout. He didn't come back. They go to something called John Paddock, who's, I think, a grad transfer from, like, Ball State, yep. who just loves his life in the Big Ten, can't even believe he gets training table, <laughs> and <laughs> he goes three for three on three the drive. Three darts. Three just just, just yeah. absolute dimes, uh, and which is incredible. It's, I mean, we talk about the Jordan Newbin game two weeks ago. This is the, I think his name's John, the John Paddock game. Yeah, he has yeah. like a nine hundred. He had a 99.9 <laughs> PFF grade because everything was just unbelievable. But that's what I don't understand is it's, it's out of a timeout. You've settled yourself down. You clearly know who the personnel is yeah. and isn't at that point. You know who the only player is that can hurt you on the field. Yet you throw out a coverage where it's the only one he can beat. That's yeah. what's been disappointing. Because that, I mean, I know we, we talk about the offense and the play calling and everything, but like. I mean, the defensive coordinator is making a million bucks. Highest right? paid ever. And we university. love him. Yep. He's been great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as he he changed the program maybe more than anybody outside of P.J. Fleck, right? I would say so, In yes. 2018. I wrote that column. And he deserves all the credit in the world, but. This this defense has been a disappointment when you look at the defensive line play that they've gotten this year. And Lindenberg, in his, second, in his first full game back, played out of his mind. Yeah. Out of his mind. Mm-hmm. And then you yeah, get Newbin with a pick. Like, you get, it's just. The inconsistent—they play so well for 80, 85 percent. But those 
10, 15 percent yeah. is just catastrophic. And they're not good enough <laughs> offensively to cover up for those catastrophic mistakes. Right. Because the right. offense is making those. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. And they're just not good enough. They've had games where they've they've done exactly what they needed to do, like Iowa, like Michigan State. I mean, we go down the list on some of those, but it's um I mean, you could even talk about North Carolina, you know, yeah. as good as they are. There were opportunities there for them to get off the field or keep them out of the ends, and the offense did them no favors that day. We all know that. Ethan was terrible, but, you know, they have a they have a third down early in that game where Drake May scrambles and throws a 50-yard touchdown where, where Goosby's actually in good position. But, you, shoot, think about Deacon Hill on the opening drive. Yeah. Third and 14, he scrambles. But one of the, you know, one of the Rossi calling cards in his tenure here has been that they've been good on third down and to give up 45% conversions on third down. Yes, yeah, to what was, I think, the worst – third down offense right in the big 10 yeah. now, which is so funny to me because that game felt like for the first three quarters it well, I should say in the second half once Illinois kind of got the lead it felt like every Bielema game I've ever watched where I'm just like oh god it's third and three and they're gonna get three and a half and they're gonna move the chains yeah. and they're gonna chew the clock and that's why that fumble was such a gift because I think they might have just run the I clock out, quite I, frankly. I, that, that was going to be a defining play. Yeah. It is funny, though, once they got their stud defensive lineman back, yeah. how that game pivoted. Well, out. we can – that's – to circle back to Ethan, who was very good in the first half. I mean, he had receptions to five different dudes. Yeah. Uh, two different guys had touchdowns in the first half. Elijah Spencer sighting. Um, and then he obviously had one to Daniel Jackson as well. You could tell – uh, Johnny Newton coming and whatever they were doing, he was uncomfortable. They had 12 yards in the second half and in, into the fourth quarter. They made that made everybody uncomfortable. Was it just him? Was it something that they did differently? Is it a combination? It's all of it. But the, he He's was good. not the same. He is good. He was not the same guy in the second no. half early, and they couldn't run the ball either in the second half, which was a problem. Second half numbers, they ran 18 times for 32 yards. First half, 17 for 61. They couldn't run in it really in either half. I mean, that was also part of the story to me was Illinois' defensive line brought it to Minnesota's offensive line. And, yes, Johnny Newton's tremendous, and you saw that from the first drive he was back where he sacks Ethan on third down. But Quick aside on that, it was going by Quinn Carroll, right? Yeah, he came out the right side. Like, we all know who Johnny Newton is. Can we help out our guy? Yeah. Like, on the first drive he's in there, like, I've seen them do some unbelievable stuff protection-wise. Like, when they essentially erased George Karloftis at Purdue yeah. a couple years ago. Doubled him the whole game, right? There was one time where there was three guys on him. Yeah. And it was awesome. Like, I mean, it was so well coached, so yeah. well scouted. They took a guy who literally ruins games and was a first-round pick, right? Wasn't he, like, a top yeah, 10? Yeah, I think yeah. for the Chiefs. And, like, <clears throat> he, they erased him. He was completely a non-factor. Like, the, the, you know the guy's ready to go. He plays seventy snaps when he plays. Yeah, he's one of the. He's going to be a first round pick. He's been sitting there, you know, like chomping um, at the bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like uh, what's you know, like he's. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, I don't know. He's sitting there ready to go. Yeah, yeah. And he's out there, and now he's unleashed, and we're just going to go. Yeah, Quinn, you take him. <laughs> like, come on, you yeah. know when when pass protecting is not necessarily his strong suit right yeah. i mean there's a reason they wanted to move him inside and i'm not ripping him for it but it's it's like how about we chip you the had guy? a great player out there yeah, yeah let's like... let's chip the guy on the first possession. let's maybe yeah. slow his role a little bit because i'm guessing he came sprinting out of the tunnel ready to go that one really bothered me burns he's sorry to interrupt <laughs> yeah. if you can't tell <laughs> i mean they moved newton around and so i'm sure they saw who do i want to attack on the minnesota offensive line and pass protection yeah, because yeah. the first I would down, agree he's in the interior guy too. Yeah. yeah, first down, he was in the middle. Yeah. He got that, that tackle in the first down. Well, yep. I just remember Tommy Olsen talking about um, one of the Boses, Nick or Joey, and I remember that their plan was wherever he is, we are going the other way. <laughs> that literally was their plan. Like, we're not going to run at him. We're not going to yeah. do pass pro by him. If he's on this side, we're going over here. That's how dumbed down it was. Like, I probably would have considered something like that because he, he came right out and, and just – the whole vibe, because then, trust me, down on the field, like, you could tell Aitham was like, okay, where am I looking? Where is he? What yeah. are we doing? Like, they didn't have a good sense of what was going on well, Illinois no, defensively. And I, I thought first half he looked very comfortable. He was great. Like, in a rhythm. Yes. Like, this is what we've been wanting to see. And then second half, I don't know if it was Jai Newton, if it was, you know, 
got rattled by the touchdown drop. You know, well, they were also better. They were all just, he just never got comfortable. They were horrible on first and second down. I wrote about after the game. They had seven third downs. They didn't convert a single one. Why? Because they were about eight yards per yeah. average. Yeah. yeah. Which Harbo acknowledged with us last week. He goes, the Achilles heel of this offense right now is off-schedule situations. I know it, you know it, the players know it. So when you constantly can't run the ball on early downs, they didn't elect to go to a short passing game, and you're sitting in third and long where Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph can pin yeah. their ears back, it's just not going to go well. So, Anything else you guys want to discuss about this game before we take a pause? And Burnsy, Burnsy has a very serious topic he, that he says many people are upset about. <laughs> we got to get to that. That we have to discuss. Anything we need to talk about regarding Gophers, Illinois, the Illinois Does championship Does Sean Tyler season? ever see the field again? No, that I don't poor think he guy. can. No, I mean, you can't. You can't play him again. You can't. No. And he knows it. Yeah. I mean, and you know what's so sick about that? Is I, I haven't gone back and watched a lot of this game. I'm pretty sure as he was about to get hit, he covered up with two hands. He has two hands on the ball, <laughs> yeah, and he's fighting yeah. for extra yards, and the yeah. guy just rips it out, and you can just see that in the kid's eyes. I don't, I don't know the guy. You know, I'm sure he came here with high expectations, but he, he, you can't play him. He's unplayable. Yeah, you can't play. You, him. No, and and you've said it before, Burns. He, he didn't have a fumbling problem at Western Michigan that we knew about. Um, it's just a, like a one percent outcome for him, and I feel so bad for him. But the reality too. is, you can't. You already are incredibly banged up in that room. He was a guy that had three kickoff return touchdowns at Western. You can't play him. Well, and if there's, you, there's no way you can play him. If if you've built your program on the ball is the program, you can't keep putting a guy out there who fumbles. Right. I mean, then it goes against everything you stand for. It's true. It's true. And they don't have the margin for error. No. That they to overcome all of that. Um, the return game in general still not good. You know, that's putting it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just the obviously Kessich is good. Even if, even if he doesn't fumble that, you lose five yards again. Right. And I wrote after the game, coming into that game, Chip, they had lost 75 yards of field position in eight games on kickoff return. With an offense that struggles to score. Yeah, Correct. And that's which why, is the whole maddening part about it. Yeah. That is why it's it doesn't make sense because it, it is it is visibly handcuffing them. Yeah. And making it harder for blockers can't block. The return men can't break a tackle, and now they're not even holding on to the ball. And at uh, the coaches show today, you mentioned scheme, coaching, personnel. Those are, that's the holy trinity of yeah. when something's not going right. We have to talk about it. I mean, we ha- we have to talk more about it and just go because it's it, you're deficient there. That's the word for it. It's just not something that's not we, working. And why are seven. we just okay with it? That's what's interesting. Or interesting. That's what's tough. And like you say, when when you when Minnesota, you need to win those margins. Yes. I mean, you look at all these teams. Like I, I didn't see much of Iowa and Northwestern. I'm guessing Iowa won the special teams battle. They blocked a punt. Yeah. Which they, gave them great field position, and that was their only touchdown on the day. It was because they were gifted on a block punt. You don't even need. To, and then they hit a walk off fifty two yeah. yarder. Like, but, but I'm even talking about the hidden yards. You know, the yeah. hidden yards to me. I, I always vividly remember Jerry Kill. One of the, I think it was first or second year at. Um, at the U, and the Gophers pretty much outplayed Northwestern, but they got crushed in the field position game because Northwestern was pinning them deep. Gophers weren't, you know, they didn't have a very good return deal, and I just remember Kill saying, like, special teams will be important here, and we have to win the hidden yards against these. Jay Nunez was awesome for Kill. He was their special teams coordinator. I think he was, I think he's now the guy at Oklahoma. Okay. So that's why I lose my mind all the time when I see a punt returner not catch the ball and then it rolls twenty yards. I'm like, you don't have to return it, but you have to catch it, right? Because it's like, especially if a team has a hard time scoring, it's like, do you know how valuable that yardage <laughs> yeah. is that just rolled down the field? And, and Redding did okay in that on Saturday. He's he's gotten better at least in coming up and getting the ball. Like he's not going to do anything with it. But there's been because there were a couple times mid season where he was letting it bounce and it was curtains. It was over. It just. But the, the kickoff and, return thing is the problem. Or even punt return. Yeah. You, you've yeah. returned the least amount of punts in the Big Ten. It's just how are you in year seven and you don't have a guy that you feel comfortable in or you don't have a blocking scheme in front of him that you feel comfortable with? There's no excuse for that in any capacity in year seven. Speaking of year seven, that's what we're going to talk about <laughs> when we come back. Let's pause now to talk about our great partner, Jack's Cafe, a Minneapolis institution for – just shy of 100 years. I'm going to round up. It's 90, but we're going to round up. Jack's Cafe, jaxcafe.com, and it is holiday time, and what better place? You've got family coming into town. Maybe you've got friends coming into town for Thanksgiving. 
Spend the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving at Jack's Cafe. What a great bar. What a great setup. What a great spot. Uh, great food, great uh, vibe, great everything. Uh, reservations for breakfast with Santa, December 2nd, 9th, and 16th. Also now available 9 through 11. You can bring the kids. I know my kids want to do that as well. We're working through that with hockey. But um, it's always a great time, guys, to go to Jack's Cafe, but none better than the uh, the time of year we're about to hit on the holiday season. Yeah. Uh, brunch. Take your wife to brunch. You're talking to me? Yeah. Or everybody? Yeah. It, well, er, you and everybody. Me? She, okay, might, just a, wanna, she nice, might just want to go solo. That is a nice could. gesture on a husband's part to wake up on a Sunday and say, you know, let's go get brunch at Jack's. Let's put on our Sunday best. Like get a suit, you know. No, I don't wear a suit. <laughs> Burnsy could. He's got nice new clothes now we've talked about since we shamed him at yeah, the press conference. Not we. You shamed me. But I'll be It was collective. A lot yeah, of people agreed. A lot, tire would fit in a lot of people yeah. were saying that, I'm sure. Many people were saying this, yes. <laughs> yeah, but I'll be there next week to uh, go to dinner. I love the steak there. My wife loves the walleye. And yes. She's a walleye snob. Yep. I mean, it's whatever your occasion may be, happy hour, date night, brunch, Santa, Jack's Cafe in Northeast. The uh, the boy I call Jack's, my son Jackson, earlier this week, or maybe over the weekend, said, Dad, when can we go to Jack's? Actually, he wanted to go Sunday. We woke up and said, can we go to Jack's today? And I said, you have swimming, buddy. He's like, oh. I said, but I've looked at the calendar, and there's a couple of Sundays where we don't have anything or we don't have anything in the morning, and we will head over to Jack's. And they've obviously got the, the great uh, party rooms as well for 15 people to 400 people. They've got room for everybody jackscafe.com for your reservations. Check out the great menu, jaxcafe.com. All right, Bernsey, explain. <laughs> a lot, the, the direct quote, Chip, I think was, a lot of people are mad about this. Yeah, I'm clueless on this. I, I want to hear this. So you can well, set it was, the stage. It was the penultimate statement from uh, Go for Football Sunday. I'm the middle segment. Guardsy gets an open, then he gets an ending. By himself, and I believe the last segment was you being upset with all the texters yes. about year seven. Yes, and then that carried over to go for Illustrated. It's carried over into my mentions. Has it really? I haven't looked this week. Uh, yes, oh. people are. Well, you're welcome for the clicks. <laughs> <laughs> so help with your business, getting people talking. I understand being upset at the season. What was the comment? I, what did you say? I, when it, so for the context. comment that I always get, and you and I we've well, talked we get about it, yeah, this. Yeah. Um, Shouldn't happen in year seven. Yes. Okay. And that, to me, is I don't understand that comment. I don't understand the context of it. I don't understand what that means, like just how long a coach is – like to me it's just, well, this shouldn't happen in year seven. I, the year doesn't matter. It shouldn't happen ever. You know what I mean? Like that's what – losing to Illinois, losing to Northwestern, the way that they do it, you, like that could happen in year one. That could happen in year ten. That happens. I mean, we see guys that have been at places much longer, like – that they lose the game. To me, it's just too easy of a crutch to go. Shouldn't happen in year seven. Like, just say that was a just that was an annoying loss. That I, that shouldn't have happened. How did this happen? The special teams thing's different, Burnsy. I think when you've allowed something to be this bad for this long, that's a different discussion than just how does this happen in year seven. Yeah. So I had like three minutes to kill. I knew that would get people going, <laughs> and I and I'd gotten the text probably a dozen times, like seven years of this, which also isn't factually true. It's just this year they've had they've had disappointing losses before, obviously, but it just that one just bothers me because it's, so what do we do with that? Thing? Yeah, I think the thing I always come back to is the press conference with PJ saying we're not going back to that. Mm-hmm. Now it, you know he's caught up in emotion, but I think we all thought probably well erroneously that this thing was going to keep elevating, elevating, elevating to where though. That's what I don't understand. To where you don't have, you don't lose the Northwestern the way you did. You don't. You don't have the kind of losses that Minnesota has experienced traditionally. And right or wrong, if you think that's naive, that's fine. But I when, think when, it is. But when the coach says, "Stop talking about that. Stop talking about the same old Gophers. Stop talking about those losses. We're not going to have any more of those." And then you keep having them. It's like, no, wait a second. Yeah, that's you fair. told us you're not going to have any more of these. And That's we true. No, we might have been naive as hell to think that what you said was true, but you said we weren't going back to those days, and you're still having these losses. I think that's where the but frustration comes But those losses happen to everybody. I know, but I think it's 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 because where they were in 2019 and PJ, the emotion of it, and look what we're building, and look where this thing's going. Yeah, we're not going to have any. You know, we're not going back to the same old Gopher stuff, and 
we've seen these losses. And so I think people were like, justifiably, like, we've seen this before a lot. So I think that's where the frustration comes in. Bernsey? I get what's happening on the boards. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, I haven't been there this week. No, I you don't want to be there. It's not a good place, especially after a loss like that. Where <laughs> it's not like, a good place. It's toxic. It's not a safe place right now. <laughs> yeah, it's not a safe. There's space. a lot of emotion. Yeah, there's a lot of emotion going on with the hardcores, but yeah, as like, there should be. I mean, that I get that. That's that's why that's what being a fan is. Yeah, like, you should have mm-hmm. strong feelings about your program. But sorry. Well, they're to to Chip's point. They're upset about the way that they've lost in both games isn't necessarily one specific facet other than it's the head coach's fingerprints all over it. The common themes in both with not letting the offense be the offense. It's Fleck trying to say, we're going to win this thing on the ground when you're just incapable of doing that this year. It's relying on your defense when they've been poor, especially in these type of situations this year. And in year seven, I think their gripe would be, why is he not adapting to what this team is? where you noted, and you'll talk about on the radio show today, they haven't played 60 minutes of complimentary football at any point like they may have in 2019 or 2021. Right. Why do you keep coaching that way when that's not this team? Now, again, the people calling for his head are insane to me. Yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, he's not getting fired. Those are the friends. Well, yeah. And I don't think he should. No. I just think like, the gripe would be everyone wants to see him like we all three do. Adapt. Yeah. Just adapt to what this team is. This team isn't 2019. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't run it with Mo Ibrahim, Shannon Brooks, and Rodney Smith like you could in 2019. And you're not throwing the. You NFL have Jordan Newbin back there. Well, even you don't even have Bucky Irving or Kai Thomas right yeah. now. You know, because in like tw- in 21, you 21. Did. Yeah. I mean, again, they had one. They had a bad loss to Illinois, I think, that kept them out of the Big Ten yeah. West. But that was another nine-win season. I mean, that was another solid season where I think they beat Wisconsin. Right. I mean. Yep. Yeah, they had to have because they've beaten them tw- two years in a row now. Yep. So there's that. And I, I also think just the style of play. I think, you know, if you're winning, people tolerate yeah. boring football. When you're not winning, it becomes a nuisance and it becomes a drag. And I mean, I heard, you know, a number of people texting me is like, it's just, it's hard to even watch this. It's not entertaining. And I get yeah, it. Yeah, but look, that's the Big Ten West. But that's the big, it is. I mean, but they're, gonna ha- they're all going to have to come to some type of reckoning, or maybe they won't. Maybe We'll find out. We'll find out what happens. I, also I think, do uh, wonder if, if PJ's risk-averse nature and just the way he co- manages games with the run, 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 and being afraid of his pass game when things go wrong, I just think fans have gotten tired of that. Mm-hmm. And I almost think in this specific instance, the one we're talking about right now, the worst thing that could have ever happened was the Josh Dobbs game for him on Sunday. Why is that? Because I think it's the best it, thing. It took attention off. Well, it, you're, you're not talking about Illinois. Yeah. It's a brand new quarterback who had been there four days comes in, and the offense looks just fine because KOC is really good at what he does. Yeah. He's not afraid to take. I don't think that matters. Okay, it's the pros. Well, I mean, it's a it's the professional. There's just a lot you of crossover to grab, me now between the, the professional team and the college team, and like we've discussed on this podcast before, I think realistic expectations for college play versus NFL play are very Let different. Let me ask you this: Do you think PJ looks back at that third nine and second guesses himself at all? No, you don't think so. That's a problem. I think he. I don't think he would admit it. Well, he's not going to admit it. Yeah, but that, that's when he goes home at night. Does he think no? You don't at all. No, <laughs> you don't think at all. I, it doesn't what, change. What evidence so, would we believe that? He, but like, it has changed. Though. It changed within that game on third and four. He dropped back to throw it when a lot, a lot of people would say, "Well, he run talked it, about run that, it and make him call the timeout and then kick it," as opposed to letting him keep their timeout. I mean, there's in that specific instance, he said, "I'm going for it here. I'm going to trust my guy." Third and, now, third and four is different than third and nine. I get that. But you could even argue that it would be more defensible to try to run the ball on third and four. Well, what he had talked about was they ran, they tried to run it out against Iowa when they got bailed out by the defense who saved the day. He said, I didn't want to do that again in this instance. Well, we tried to learn from Iowa, and we tried to go win the game. Or like yeah. against Northwestern, we ran it on that third down and then punted it and then quit in Redding with the most confident fair catch in the end zone we've ever incredible. seen. <laughs> Just an incredible <laughs> God, he was so did he learn? I wish I could feel that confidence one time in my life, even though it was, it was not even close. And then to look up and see the long snapper face palming on his face. Mask. Double hands up, like, what happened? Like, to be that confident once in my life, I'll never know. Oh, God. I don't know. I mean, I just, I mean, you, 
like I said, those are the the kind of losses that shake the confidence of a fan base. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. But that could happen in year five. It could happen in year four. Like in year three where they're going, wow, ahead of schedule. Like, no, they were just taking the season as it went. And I do think uh, a big part of this is the inability of this team to cash in and win the West the last few years when it was there. No doubt there's fatigue there. And that's defensible of saying because that could be part of whatever the legacy is. Everything in the broke right leading up to that game Saturday. Yeah. And then for them to lose in that fashion, it's like, how do you not say, well, here we go again? Yeah, it, right. I mean, that's it's just, mm-hmm. it's fair. It's fair for fans to feel that way. That way, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not arguing, like, just to but me. But you're seven. I just, I don't, so what is that? Well, like, where did we go with that? That's what I always wonder. So so people want to move on? We want to change it? Because you covered the Mace era when we had the same exact conversations. Because I always get, well, people want it to go to the next level. I hate to break it to everybody. There ain't a lot of levels to go at Minnesota. And they're only and and one of them just one of the levels, the Big Ten West, they're they're scraping that off the top. Like the levels are the levels. Like what what was the Mace level, would you say? Eight eight nine Middle wins, cataclysmic yeah. yeah, cataclysmic losses, continue to go to bowl yeah. games, have a couple huge missed opportunities yeah. where that particular year you felt like you could have had a run, right? Yes. Like, that's the level. I hate because I, I get that one, too, and it's bothering me. It's like, well, I'm just kind of sick of being at the same spot. Well, they've won nine games, three out of the last four, right? Last three full seasons. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's say they win seven this year. That would include winning Iowa and Wisconsin, your two biggest rivals. Like, we're just going to be sick of that? Like, we're just going to say, oh, I don't know. What's the next level? There isn't a next level consistently. Yeah. There is, you know, you pop up and you try to do it, and – that's what PJ really hasn't done. 2019 is what it is. They still didn't win the West. Now, that was a good Wisconsin team. And that was a good gopher it, team. Yeah, It finished top 10 in the country. It's a good gopher team. So there's not a lot of levels you can go, like, because people go, is PJ peaked? Probably. But that doesn't mean he can't get back to that peak where it is or somewhat close to it. And it's, I don't know. It's, it's the not win in the West. It's the nature of the losses. Yeah. It's the way the offense functions. It's the game management. It's all those things. It's it's just the whole package that have so my, but that's my question is what do we do with that all that information then? Um, you know what I mean? Like do we just you go and go for real estate. <laughs> you go on like the, if you want to go up to that next level, okay, go find themselves a T like a T Boone Pickens. Yes. Well, there's that too, and that's I'm not even talking about that stuff now because people don't want to hear it, even though it's reality. Like about. NIL and everything that goes with that now, like that's just straight up reality. I had conversations yesterday about some basketball stuff going on that like you can't even believe. Or even like guys, you know, the 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 money just to visit that is legitimately happening. Like, hey, I'll come visit you. You got to pay me ten grand. Like that's happening. It just happens in McDonald's bags down in Knoxville. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Chip knows. Yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna leave this bag right here. Like that's yep. not even. That is absolutely part of the discussion, but here in Minnesota, we can't talk about that because that's an excuse to people, which is mind-boggling to me. But like that's where I, I don't know. Like you said, yeah, if you want, if you can have someone f- straight up fund your program, then then you can get to whatever level you want to get to. But yep. that's just it's never been realistic here. And I'm not saying this means hey, it's okay to to lose these games. It's okay to to melt down that's, against that's... Northwestern. Like that's what people think. It's like just defending how things win. It's like. That's not what I'm saying. I just don't like the knee jerk the other way of man. We've been watching this for seven years. No, we not really. I mean, there's been specific times over the years where they've they've lost games they should have won. PJ would probably argue, yeah, but my style also won some games that maybe we wouldn't have won in the past because I did this. So I don't know. I don't really know what I'm arguing. It just I don't know. Passionate. That's what people want to hear. You know. I don't even know if I'm passionate. I just get annoyed because it's like. Look around the landscape. Like these things happen at a lot of different places. Um, I don't know. Anything else you want to add on that? Go ahead. Anything so how do they say? get to the I, West? I, I like the. Uh, I mean, he I, doesn't I see you for two weeks, and he only sees you on Tuesdays. I, I and he likes to see this side. I understand. Of you. Uh, just the. I understand the emotion that came pouring out of the fan base on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. for sure. The frustration, the anger, the disappointment, the bewilderment, yeah, all that. I mean, because it's that that loss was inexcusable. Sorry, 
So then what do we do? Well, you got to go win in Los Lafayette as an underdog, apparently. Yeah. Which surprises me, considering Purdue's lost six of their last seven and their last four. Nothing They're, surprises they, me. At this point, it's like whoever's playing at home should be. <laughs> I mean, yeah. in every, somebody said it, you know, these teams are going to score 25 to 30 yeah. points. You can't have big spreads. Well, that's that. what, yeah, so, yeah, like, it's going to be like, close. Every All these games are going to be 17-14. Which is the other thing I'll say about the West real quick. Like, I mean, Because everybody likes to say it's terrible and it sucks. It does. I don't agree with that. You think it's good? I don't think it's good. I think every team's just okay. I think everything's bad. Well, we'll see because half of them I'm are going to go to bowl games. Half of them are going to – like we all say, well, they all suck and they all do this. Maybe. We'll see because most of the years I'm watching these bowl games and the Big Ten's winning most of them. And then the, they're, they're really recruiting. Bad. They all recruit pretty well. So, maybe. I just don't think there's a great team. Because, like, look at the East. We, we talked about this last week. There's not a great team not named Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. That, and we're talking about over half the East. Yeah. And everybody's to, just okay. Relative to who and what, you know, because, like, every league's got, you know, two really good teams. I don't know. I mean, we could go an hour and break down team by team by team. I just think there's not a lot of difference between – I think the big, the big Ten West has teams probably from, like, 25 to 45. Like, five of them. Yeah, I think I think it has really poor quarterback play. That's fair. No one's disagreeing with that. Really but poor. They're just not bad teams. They're just all okay teams. It just, in your mind, I think Chip, it's, it's. He, I mean, he had to watch Iowa, Wisconsin in person, <laughs> and, 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 and he's and still talking about, about him. Why two weeks in a row? <laughs> he's still talking it's about ruined him. him. <laughs> it's wrecked. <laughs> it's me absolutely for, ruined. It's him. ruined me for college yeah. football. All right. Well, let's let's talk about a team in the Big Ten East here to wrap up that um, has been accused of cheating, and. Might get punished for it here in the next few days. I need to pull up this story as I uh, pull up here. We're talking, of course, about the University of Michigan. And the Big Ten, after apparently a contentious conference call with the coaches on Wednesday and a similar conference call last Thursday that I asked Mark Coyle about on Saturday on the pregame show, the Big Ten formally notified Michigan that it could be facing disciplinary action from the league. This, according to an ESPN story from last night, the letter sent to Michigan as part of the Big Ten sportsmanship policy, which requires a notice of disciplinary action in the event it becomes clear that an institution is likely to be subjected to disciplinary action. NCAA is, of course, investigating Michigan for illegal off-campus scouting and signal stealing, but Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti has the authority to impose discipline under the sportsmanship policy before the lengthy NCAA investigative and infractions process concludes michigan has until wednesday to respond to the big 10 by the way uh their ad ward manual is part of the college football playoff committee he's not going to to that this week he's staying back in ann arbor to handle this deal but i think what i saw was the big 10 at any point could say jim harbaugh is suspended for two games i think is the max um but you can tell as we talked about before we hit record guys when i asked mark coyle about it and he called it the michigan situation disappointing if you translate that to coyle yeah language that's about as volatile that's as he's screaming. Yeah. That's him going, everyone should be fired or suspended. Yeah. If I'm translating, if I went to Google Translate and went coil to, because he usually doesn't go out on those types of limbs, and it's not even that much of a limb, but the, the, the people are pissed about well, this. And by the way, I am too. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. Here's the thing. You're Michigan. You already have, you know, all the advantages in the world in terms of everything you need. Yep. And so there's there's... Uh, take this remote. There is probably some envy or jealousy within the Big Ten. It's like what? What do we used to hear? They're born. I mean, the conversation. Yeah. So, and then you had this cheating scandal and the depths that they went to to do this. I think everybody has the right to be angry. And um, I, I would have loved to hear that phone call with oh. the coaches and ads. Um, Incredible. But I, I want to see. I apologize for not reading the story, but. Sounds like Michigan's going to mount a defense of s- other teams were doing it too, or something. Something like that. I mean, I think the point that we'll get to when we come back and talk next week, if Harbaugh has been disciplined or whatever it is, I would be absolutely to use the the words of your uh, three to six thirty co-host there, gobsmacked. We do uh, dobsmacked now for Josh Dobbs. <laughs> oh, look at you yeah. too, <laughs> changing I, your best. It is him? Yeah, I just enjoyed it. I'd be gobsmacked that. Harbaugh actually sees does, actually gets suspended because then they're going to counter sue and then it's going to go into courts and then the legal system takes forever and by then Harbaugh is going to be in the NFL and yeah. Michigan's going to get whatever they get in 2024. But 
even from talking with some people on in the within the Gopher football building, I mean, there's a lot of speculation now, and it's easy to to grasp at these straws. But on the first drive for Minnesota, they were using signals, and if you go back and watch the play, that corner breaks before Ethan even throws the ball, and so now they're got their minds wrapped up in all that, and so then they switch to. If you'll notice, Ethan then has a wristband the rest of the game. Yeah. One, as I told you, I mean, there was rumblings about this from what I've heard going back to the Northwestern game, that the Michigan thing was coming down. Like, yeah. everybody, I mean, we talked about the the um, the Shiano stuff, you know, when they were playing at the big house, that was the Northwestern weekend. <laughs> like, yeah. there was, <laughs> this thing, everybody was, was in on this deal. And here's one thing that just drives me insane that I'm so sick of hearing about, and I heard it again this morning. Um, I think it was RG3 on, on Greeny's show saying, now he, to his credit, says if Michigan broke rules, they sh- they should face penalties. But I've seen this too many times. Before that, he said, "I honestly don't think sign stealing is that big of a deal, and it doesn't give that big of an advantage." And I've heard this so many times, and I just want to scream into the ether to use uh, oh, yeah. Ryan Burns' beloved parlance. That doesn't matter. Yeah. You have rules yeah. that you all agree on. They are sending this clown or his people, to Big Ten stadiums all over the upper Midwest. Well, now coast to coast. They're, you're sending them to Georgia. Like, they are actively cheating. They are doing something yeah. they are not allowed to do. We can't just go, but how much does that really help? And then Dominique Foxworth, to his credit, goes, if you know what the play is, yeah. it helps, dude. Well, I'm just so sick of that. Well, sign stealing is really not that big a deal if you can do it on the field. No, it's about a systematic literally going around every possible rule. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous that anybody would try to even defend this for a minute or say that it's not that big a yeah. deal. Well, I mean, he obviously knows more about football than I do, but if it's not that big a deal, then why are they doing it? Why are they having this elaborate of a thing Correct. to get that? I mean, it obviously is a big deal. It obviously And it's obviously them. elaborate because this is I mean, yeah, it's and so it expansive at this point. It obviously helps them or they wouldn't be doing it. They wouldn't risk all this... <laughs> What they put themselves into, so I, I can't believe it doesn't matter. I mean, if you know what a team's going to run, how how does that not help you? Does um, this finally force the NCAA in 2024 to have the green dot in the helmet? It might, and that bothers me too, because it's also like, because that's the other thing is, well, we should have this already. Sure, maybe. That's not the discussion. Yeah. The discussion right yeah. now is cheating. Yep. Yep. And I'm a romantic enough to believe that competition is supposed to be fair, especially football. I know. Where it's me versus you. It's yeah. our 11 versus your 11. And everything, on, especially at Michigan, where you're Michigan men and you're honorable and blah, blah, blah. Like, that's what really bothers me is I'm a romantic enough to believe that competition is just supposed to be fair, yeah. equitable. If you figure if something you else me, out, you beat me. Yeah. that's it. I mean, that's what sports are supposed to be about. Well, I do agree with Bernsey that. I wonder if Michigan's going to try to muddy the waters enough with their defense. They for sure Just are. push this off until they can try to win a national title, and then yeah. Harbaugh will go away this right. year in the offseason. And, and then 2024 Michigan is going to be – we'll see. Harbaugh won't, Harbaugh won't be there. McCarthy won't be there. There'll still, there'll still be Michigan. I'm not saying that they won't be, but there's going to be sanctions from this thing. I think because the Gophers the big, will be at the big house next year. I think we go to the big house next year. You're right. I I just, if anybody's looking for immediate resolution within 48 hours of this podcast, if and when the Big Ten tries to suspend Harbaugh for two games, Michigan's going to counter sue. This thing is going to get caught up in the courts, the legal system, and well, he's going to be there through the bowl games, yeah, national championship games, if they can get through Penn State this weekend and then Ohio State in a few weeks. But in the in, in the new Big Ten commissioner, you have to do something. When you have everybody else, yeah. 13 other schools screaming at you to do something. You can't be like, nah, I'm going to let this play out. Well, because I've, I've, I've heard also you got to let the process play out. And I would say yes. However, it's also been like a month. Yeah. So what are we waiting for here? Yeah. And I think that's the Big Ten's, the, the other coaches and, and the ADs. When, when do we do something? Well, yeah, because because it is true. I mean, you don't want to set a precedent of we'll, we'll just suspend you because we think something went wrong. Like you do have to have – because. Let's say let's say all of this is it's a one man show and nobody knew anything and let's just say hypothetically yeah. Yeah. okay like that that's what I do understand that point of it of let's not jump to any conclusions but I would also counter and say we've been talking about this for a month now it should be pretty easy to figure out who did what and guess what if Michigan is not cooperating then that's all I need to know 
If you're not going to cooperate with my investigation and I can't talk to this guy and I can't talk to Coach Harbaugh about it, then sorry, you have to cooperate with us or I am suspending you. And you know darn well every school that's played him has provided evidence or information to the Big Ten. Like, this is what this – he got tickets here. It we took, have video of him. It took seven minutes for us I mean, to know that 13 of the 14 schools had this guy in Pete their Thamel ticket had, database. You know, he talked to all of them. Yes. Right? So it shouldn't take that long to figure this out. So yeah. that's where I think they're – I agree. You can't just go do this. But I agree with the, the, the coaches and the athletic directors that are saying, what are we doing about this? Yeah. Because it's obvious this is something that was not on the up and up that nobody else is doing. That's the other thing. Wow, a lot of people steal signs. Not like this. Not with a, a, a quasi-Navy SEAL who has a sixty a 600-page Michigan manifesto. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this guy's a psycho. And he shows up on Central Mi- – uh... <laughs> That's the other thing. <laughs> That's unbelievable. He just shows up like he's just a spy or the former wide receivers coach, head coach Jim McElwain maybe helped him out and, oh, the sign stealer just showed up. Have you ever tried to get on a college football sideline? That's That whole part, the whole Central Michigan thing is – wild on a friday night labor day weekend ad's got to sign off on it the head coach has got to sign off he on had a it. visiting bench pass i don't even get a visiting bench yeah. pass and i can stand on the visiting benches because i know the people but i don't have that pass like those things are coveted and hard to get and you and know he's who's standing on there. five feet from the head coach in the gear <laughs> inconspicuous sunglasses this whole thing is preposterous <laughs> i just want to talk to the guy i want Mostly, I want the investigation because I want to know. I want to know more about this. The thirty for thirty on this guy oh. is going to be incredible. It's got to be like five parts. It's going to be a Netflix documentary. I watched. Um, did you watch the one where the the people that rigged the McDonald's monopoly deal? No. Like to win the million dollars, like twenty years ago. I, I never finished it. I need to go back see what happened. But that was like a ten parter, and they had to get the FBI involved, and it was intricate because those things were under lock and key. Yeah. You know the millionaire little you know things that you pulled off your twenty ounce coke. Nope, man. <laughs> All right. Anything else? This has been a lively, fun this has episode. Been lively. It's been fun. Yeah, this has been good. Anything else we need to discuss? Purdue, can you give us a sixty second snapshot? You're you're the best preview guy here. <laughs> Is you do, and by that I mean you do the most work <laughs> out of it's all of us. I know my role. Well, this is your I job. I know my role. You work for GopherIllustrated.com. I, I know. You need to do all these things. Uh, Purdue's lost four in a row, but they've got a couple of pretty good edge rushers. It's 80% the same defense from last week. Because remember, Ryan Walters was the Illinois defensive coordinator last year. He sure was. He now runs the thing at Purdue. Uh, they got a pretty good passing quarterback for Chip and Hudson Card, who's probably the most gifted of the Big Ten passers. I mean, it, it to me, it's just to you guys' point. I guess they're at home. Which Minnesota team shows up? Minnesota struggled against a good passing quarterback, as we've seen. So we'll see if the pass rush can get home, and if not, there goes any chance at Indianapolis. Well, you know, we've missed Chip Scoggins the last few weeks. We've also missed Darius Taylor. Remember him? Like, <laughs> yeah. is what do we think? Is he going to play? Is he going to be around? <sighs> He'd be nice. He'd It'd be, be nice, nice to, to have. have a guy like that back, especially with look. The Jordan Newbin story is great. Yes, and Zach Evans played last week. I still think he's banged up, but having someone like Darius Taylor back certainly helps re. Uh, what do we rejuvenate think? a have running? We heard game. anything? Do you think we've heard anything? Well, you you hear stuff. I know you're not going to get it from the head coach. I think, he, I think I. he's going to be back sooner than later, but the question is, is sooner Purdue, or are they just going to save him for the Wisconsin game at that point? Oh, man. I hope it's Purdue. It's November, Burnsy. I sooner hope you're right. Later, they got three games left. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he'd, he'd be helpful. Because there's some – Well, especially because you got Brevin showing a pulse. Yeah. Yeah, Daniel Jackson continuing to ball right. out. So Right. It'd be nice to see the full offense, or at least – what we have, what they have. Correct. Yeah. All right. Well, good show, guys. Good to see both of you. Um, anybody going to in, uh, to Purdue? You're not going? No. You're not going? Nope. All right. Well, that's my role. I'll, I'll be <laughs> have there. Have fun. I will be there. I don't know what the weather is. Nothing like West Lafayette on a November Saturday. Nothing. <laughs> People ask me, excited about L.A. and Washington and <laughs> Eugene? Sure am. Yes, I am. <laughs> I've been, you want to talk about the Big Ten West? I've been through it now for almost a decade, I think. We've had the West. It started with Legends and Leaders. Uh, the West has been for a minute now, so I've 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 taken enough tours through the Big Ten West. I'm ready to check out the Big Ten West West, if that makes sense. Rose Bowl, October 12th. Yeah, we got the schedule. We'll talk about that maybe next week. Yeah, because there's some interesting nuggets there as well. All right, he's Chip Scoggins. He's Ryan Burns. I'm Justin Gard. Thanks everybody for listening. Please tell a Gopher fan friend in your life that we are here, or a Big Ten fan friend in your life that we're here. 
every single week. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, and uh, share the episode if you uh, so choose. Also, check out the uh, merchandise, the uh, Got Mulk, because that's something Bernsey said a long time ago that we don't talk about enough. <laughs> um, you can buy that shirt. You can also buy the Start Your Day at 100% shirt. I think that's our most popular item there. It's right at the uh, the pinned tweet of the Pair and a Spare Pod Twitter account. And don't forget to check out our friends at Jack's Cafe as well for your brunch, for your lunch, for your dinner, for your date night, for your holiday dining. It's all good at Jack's Cafe. Make your reservations at jaxcafe.com. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week on the Parent Spare Podcast. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.